I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. to episode 11 of Blaster Cannon Den of Geeks show about all things Star Wars. Um, I'm Megan Krause. I'm here with my co-host Paul Herman. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Hi Paul and uh, with Saf. Hello. So we are going to talk about Forces of Destiny in this episode, which is the cartoon miniseries that aired on um, the Disney YouTube channel. Um, it uh, was eight episodes that came out over the course of a couple weeks. Um, Den of Geek actually has an interview with writer Jennifer Miro about the stories on Forces of Destiny. So if you're interested, check that out as well. Um, so before we go into that, though, we're going to cover the news um d23 was last last weekend is that right um time does yeah, fly it was last weekend. so actually. yeah yeah so we got oh, no, no, some news ago. about because we had it's comic con was week last oh week. yeah yeah okay. okay there we go oh, it, yeah, yeah 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 you're close yeah d23 is two weeks ago uh, San Diego Comic-Con was this weekend. So we have news from both of those things, including new book announcements, The Last Jedi behind-the-scenes footage, and additional footage of Star Wars Land. So um, let's go over some of these. We have, so Den of Geek has recaps of the uh, behind-the-scenes footage that we saw. Um, it was mostly about The Last Jedi, not a lot about the Han Solo movie. But um, some of the the clips that I thought were the most exciting in this behind the scenes footage were the bits of Ray training. So we got Ray in like, a, like traditional Jedi cloak. We got Ray fighting with a lightsaber, fighting with a staff and some scene that looks like it's going on underwater. I don't know if that's during a fight with Kylo Ren. I don't know if that's a Yoda style Jedi training scene or what that is. So, but there's a lot of exciting things in that. Uh, there's, clips to Paul and Saf. What do you guys think about Ray or about um, the other new footage that we saw? Um, I thought the, the behind the scenes stuff was really fun. Um, to be honest, I thought I liked it better than the actual first uh, teaser we got, you know, even though the, the last Jedi was, was you know, a lot of fun, Megan and I, we, we saw the teaser together um, at celebration which was a lot of fun, but I, I feel like this was this kind of gave us a little more of, of what the movie is going to be about, even though it's not like official, you know, film, you know, footage, but it just got a, a bigger sense of the scale, I guess. Like um, there's that one shot where I'm assuming it's on crate where uh, it's like this big explosion and it's like, you know, it, it, it's like all this red, like dirt's like flying everywhere. Like just stuff like that was really cool to see. Like, okay, you're going to be, you know, this is really practical. Like red dirt is going to be in the movie. Um, 
you know, the, the, the Canto bite scene, you know, I'm one of the people that did not like the look of the characters and the feel of Canto bite. And the, again, the one picture we got from the Vanity Fair article, but seeing the, the wide shot of the casino or whatever they are or whatever, wherever they are, excuse me. Um, it looked really cool. And I'm like, okay, I can get, I can get behind this. And some of the, you know, up close things of the creatures was really cool. Um, you know, like I saw a Chewie by a fire under, under the Millennium Falcon. That was kind of surreal. Um, so, mm. um, there's just a lot, I mean, it's, it, you kind of think like, why isn't there like a, some kind of heating thing on the Millennium Falcon, but man, that's all another, I don't want to get too nitpicky. <laughs> it's so, an old ship. It, true. But they, whatever, uh, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, <laughs> But no, there's really cool stuff. There is a scene where Ray takes on three people who are like me- with melee weapons at the same time when yeah. she's training. And I'm like, I hope to God that's the Knights of Ren and not the, yeah. storm- not the stormtroopers with those really crappy melee weapons. And yes, what? I, okay. crappy. I love those. No, I love those. Stop melee- it. We will Stop fight it. At them later. Later. Uh, so <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap however. up. I'll, I'll wrap up real fast. Um, so, you know, I think as a whole, I really liked it. Um, like I said, it was, it was, you know, one, the last thing I'll say is, and I, I, I tweeted this out and I'm curious if you, and I, I did it on the uh, blaster cannon Twitter as well, but, um, the, the look of Luke with his like brown kind of dark brown coat, it reminded me of return of the Jedi Luke, but like Jedi master version. Um, mm. I'm not sure if you guys got that. Mm. It looks fantastic though. If you look at it, you know, and it's a, it's a it's a wide shot, so it's not like an up close, like up and, up close and personal, as I like to say. But it was, I blew it up, and I'm like, this looks like like if you would have showed me this, right right instead of the the Jedi robes that he wore at the end of the Force Awakens, other than like that's a great transition from Return of the Jedi, like you know, naturally, I think you know, from an aesthetic look wise. But that's just me. But yeah, I thought it was awesome. Um. So I want to do, I have so many things to say in response to this. I was also thinking earlier today about Celebration and that experience of coming out of that room with the Last Jedi poster, because we were like, I don't know about you, but I was so kind of overwhelmed by the experience of being in Celebration and by like how little sleep we'd gotten that it was, it was really cool. But seeing this behind the scenes stuff I can kind of dig into it a little bit more and it makes me realize that like we don't have a plot summary still. We don't really know what the major conflict is. So we're having to piece together like what's going on with Finn and Rose, what's going on with Ray. We still like don't have a lot of information even though it's all like very exciting and very colorful. Um but so Saf, what was your uh like your impressions of that footage? Wait. The teaser or the behind-the-scenes footage? Oh, I'm sorry. The the recent behind-the-scenes okay. footage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, you all know how much I love having minimal information about movies before I go into them. So I love it when they do these behind-the-scenes reels, because they've done them for all the movies now, I think. And they're great, because you get a really good look at kind of what is being worked on and what you're going to see, but you don't have any information about what it means. Unless you're, like, one of those spoiler people, which I am indeed not. Um, I really like the look of everything it it has a really cool aesthetic which i guess is a star wars aesthetic but it's like the new trilogy kind of look to it as well like seeing the ships again and like that that shot of like the exploding sand on crate i assume crate like you did paul um 
has a really cool feeling to it and I really love that. I also really I think I was talking to Paul about this before we start recording, but there's like that space horse um in the in the reel and the space horse is like the one spoiler I've been following like with with a pretty intense focus since it first got like spoiled last year or whenever it was. Um and so actually finally seeing that thing like in an actual footage from the movie, I was like there it is. It's finally paying off the space horse is real. Um, that was possibly the most exciting thing for me about that. Also, seeing Rose and Finn in the First Order gear was really cool, and I really want to know what, like, this story is going to be, because obviously we don't know anything except for the fact that they apparently go to this, like, casino planet, and also they apparently wear First Order gear at some point. Like, it's, I don't know, but it, it looks cool. That's um, one thing that I was thinking about, too, is the the color of, like, Crate, because I've been playing a lot of video games recently, and I've been seeing a lot of the same science fiction landscapes over and over, like the jungle landscape and the desert landscape with weird plants in it, and I'm definitely throwing shade at Andromeda right now. (laughs) And (laughs) I didn't want to see the same old thing again, and the the crate, the planet with like the red, it looks like a, a, a surface and then a red clay underneath kind of does really interesting things with color because it just overwhelms you with red, or at least it seems like that's what's happening where the sort of geometric shapes are very distinct. And then you get this, these plumes of smoke or mud or something that just like wipes everything away and that gives really interesting texture so I'm really curious to see more about what's going on on that planet and how because it almost like there were two distinct action scenes there was the one where Poe like almost falls into the trench right and then there was the one with the speeders and I don't know how those two things connect yet yeah yeah, yeah, I'm so excited for Crate. Like, it just when I saw that first teaser, and I was just like, "This is it. This is going to be my favorite thing in this movie." I can tell already. Yeah, Crate is one of those things where I wish we got something like that in The Force Awakens that's actually different than the previous, you know, plans we saw in the, you know the original trilogy. We know JJ was obsessed with going back to literally every aspect of the original trilogy in some way. So, um, you know, it's nice to actually get something a little bit different. Crate does look amazing. I love the aesthetic of like the red dirt rock that's underneath. It's really, really freaking cool. Um, you know, I like. I don't know. There's that was really cool to see that kind of again like a grander scale. Um, yeah, th- this behind the scenes thing was just like I said, it, it did a lot to show the the, the scope. I think of, of episode eight. But one of the things, you know, I'm kind of curious what you girls think, um, or excuse me, ladies, I should say. I'm not sure if you guys prefer each, either one. <laughs> uh, I got yelled at one time for saying, you know, by accident. But anyway, um, so my question is, do you guys want to have, like, a grand epic fight at the end of one of these movies? Like, you know, war. Like We're talking, like, you know, full-on, like, Return of the Jedi, like, war. Because I kind of feel that that wasn't there in Episode Seven, which is fine. And you don't have to have it in every film. But it looks like it's the same thing again in episode eight. And, like, I look at Rogue One and I love, like, I just I just love big battles, you know? And I, I really want that. And I feel like that's not going to happen still in episode eight. It's going to be a pretty minimal kind of low-key battle. I mean, if as long as they save it for, as long as we're going to get that somewhere in episode nine, I feel like they're building up to something. 
and maybe that's what they're doing. Yeah. But like, I, I kind of still want that. Do you guys feel the same way, or am I alone on this? I do agree somewhat. Like, I do think that there should be the big, big, big conflict. Because, I mean, the storyline of The Force Awakens is kind of leaning towards it. It's like looming war, but war isn't quite there yet, which explains why it's not the big battle in that movie. Um, episode 8 could have that. I mean, we've seen, like, shots of starfighters and stuff, so it's possible. Um, I mean, there's always crate Like, that could involve some big kind of fight at some point. Um I think it'll definitely come in nine, though, if we are going to have a big kind of mm. battle. It'll definitely be the final movie because it'll be building up to that big conflict of some kind. At least that's what I think. I could be totally wrong because, I mean, the actors and the director and, like, the creative team of episode eight have been, like, the story is very unexpected. So it's hard to know what exactly it's going to get. Yeah. Up. Well, like, a lot of my speculation about episode eight is coming from the fact that I... I feel like Empire Strikes Back is a good baseline. Um, the center movie of the Star Wars trilogy, Attack of the Clones, ended on this kind of ominous note. Empire Strikes Back ended on this kind of ominous note. Um, other than that, they were both sort of, I mean, they're both uh, kind of episodic in that the characters are split up and doing different things at different planets. We see that with like Finn and Rose. Um, but And, like, the directors and the actors do keep saying that this is something you're not expecting, which I'm a little afraid of. But if we're going to base it all off the Empire Strikes Back route, I would bet they do smaller scale battles, like the asteroid, um, the Falcon in the asteroid belt scene, and not, like, an enormous battle. Whether enormous means the size of the battle we saw at Starkiller Base... I don't know, because, I mean, I would consider the battle at Starkiller Base a pretty big battle scene, but I also didn't think it was a particularly thrilling one. Like, it had numbers. (laughs) Yeah, like, it had the numbers of the deaths, the first Death Star fight, but it didn't have the excitement. So I'd almost rather let's leave a really big battle to episode nine and just do some really good smaller scale ones like this Mad Max looking fight on crate. Because I don't know. I, I just haven't been thrilled with the space battles in the sequel trilogy yet. Um, Rogue one is the um, like, is a good example of a space battle. I think I really liked the battle on, on Scarif above the gate, but if we're talking purely sequel era, I don't like feel a great lack of space battles right now. Yeah, it's it's just interesting because the I think that's one of the things I took away from the the behind the scenes is the fact that there is no uh, probably major major end battle as far as like grand and huge and epic. And I, and I hope I, I know it's cliche to have that, but like I think it's also awesome when that happens, and we haven't seen it yet with the with the new uh, trilogy. So I'm hoping that if they do. I hope there is going to be some kind of payoff with that. So, all right, I'm, d- I'm done with that little tirade. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that makes me think too. Empire started with the battle on Hoth. It started with a completely new type of Imperial weapon. So who knows? We might see something we really didn't expect. Speaking of which, the stormtrooper claw weapons. Oh, I think I like they're it. cool. I think they're cool. Paul, tell me why you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they they, I, they look too modern for me. Like, and I mean by that, it looks like something I would like use on my windshield, like to huh. clean off like the ice. Maybe like, I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know. It just, I, I okay. 
I'm going to I'm going to protect what I say by by saying this. I'm going to have a cop out, okay? I I apologize. Mm-hmm. But I don't mm-hmm. care. Here's the thing. I want <laughs> whatever sad. I have a caveat too. Oh, okay, so. here's the deal. I reserve <laughs> the right to see it in motion. Because if I see it in motion on screen in context and it works, I'll be fine. But out of context in a very limited motion and on like a sticker book, I'm not into it like whatsoever. So, you know, like I always, it's just like with superhero costumes and lots of other things. I have to see things in motion and in context to really get the idea of a character or weapon or whatever. So I remember not being totally sold on the idea of the cross guard, uh, broad saber, um, when it, that yeah. kind of leaked out and I was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> I remember that. And, and, but, and then when it came out, I was like, holy crap, that looks amazing. Like when I saw the first <laughs> teaser and he yeah. lit it up, I'm like, nope, I'm in 100%. And so that's the thing. If I see it in a trailer and it works, then I'm going to go with it. So the, just right now, see it out of context in a very, like very limited casual way. And the fact that that sticker book picture it makes it look really cheesy and just kind of awkward looking. I don't know. I just I'm not sold on it. I reserve the right to change my mind when I see it on screen. I do see where you're coming from with it kind of looking like a squeegee or something because it <laughs> looks like it has <laughs> it. It looks like it has a lot of moving parts, like hinges and stuff that could be weak points so i do see where you're coming from part of why i liked it and like who knows how they're gonna use it like you said like it might do something fancy you know when we actually see it in action i don't know but it reminded me kind of of the swords that the orcs have in lord of the rings that have that like t shape or like l shape at the top um and they just look look really ominous because they look kind of unfinished i guess the silhouette like it doesn't look like a sword it's not just like to stab you with it's like to stab and then like turn it or something it just looks extra nasty and i kind of think that like differentiates it in an interesting way yeah i'm with megan on this one (laughs) wow that's all right it's all right why do you like it so much saf defend yourself the same reasons that Megan said, just like the silhouette has, it's, it's weird and unbalanced and I kind of like that. Yeah. I realized that what I really want to see is I want to see it kind of transform into a deer antler looking thing where it has, oh my God. yeah, like the different blades at different angles. Cause then too, you could use it. It would almost function like a lightsaber, not in that it uses energy, but that it cuts in all directions at once. That would be weird, but cool. Um, so kind of back to what you were talking about earlier, Paul, with Ray fighting multiple people at that great moment where like four people come at her. I was under the impression that that was probably the Knights of Ren. Um, I don't know that I think that's a Jedi training scene. I think that might be something later on. What do you think about that? The, I'm sorry, the, the creature, I, I cut out, the creature what, I'm sorry? Oh, oh, the scene where Ray's fighting, like, it looks like four people with staffs. Oh, yeah, I think that's Knights of Ren. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah so I think that, I'm, and at least I'm hoping, now if it's those crappy melee weapons the stormtroopers have, 
I'm not gonna be. I, I, I'm just joking now. I don't want to say they're crap because I don't. I mean, know you they are. you yeah. tend to see you tend to not see like stormtroopers fight like come at people like melee wise in groups generally. Mm, like they generally whole group. She could order. yeah. True, true. That's, that's true. But they generally have blasters as well, which which is kind of why they don't fight in big groups like close range is because they could possibly get shot so i mean it could be stormtroopers but i'm not feeling like it will be so much because of the way they're fighting hmm. it definitely makes looks sense. like like sword fighting to me yeah. but it was a short clip hmm. yeah I, I don't know i think that i'm hoping that it's, it's knights of ren because it'd be cool to see ray like you know or i, I want to see them in action i don't want them just to kind of stand around in a in a random scene in a flashback <laughs> yeah well you know it's funny the best look we get at we get of them is in the trailer of the force awakens not like in the yeah. actual movie like you've you see an a, a, above you know aerial view of them essentially but in the in the actual trailer you get a really good up close you know view of them and but they're so they're all dressed in black so you can't tell what they are i mean the best look you can get of them is in the force awakens art art of book and so yeah yeah and they look really cool in that book i love the designs yeah so i mean like i i, I want them in there and i want ray it would be awesome to ray to like see the, the the um her gradually go and be able to you know grow as a jedi and take on three of them at, at the same time but what's interesting is are those lightsabers or are they like weapons that can counter a lightsaber yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know. I'm hoping that um like you know, I'm hoping that like there's something like where a little bit of both maybe, but is I I I'm I'm assuming that Kylo will be the special knight of Ren with the lightsaber personally, but we'll see. Well, they're starting to like emphasize in the new canon that people without force sensitivity can use lightsabers. So it is entirely possible that they do have a kind of lightsaber but aren't force sensitive like Kylo Ren is. I mean, that kind of goes along with as well, like, the force was kind of dormant in people, so it kind of would make sense if you just kind of gather these random people and gave them lightsabers. It was like, hey, you're my crew now, because, I mean, it's Kylo Ren. Um, <laughs> and I wonder, I genuinely wonder if they have anything to do with, like, those disciples or whatever that have turned up in some of the books and been, like, <laughs> like emo kids obsessed with Darth Vader and stuff, or if they're like something completely different, because we don't really know much about the Knights of Ren, do we? Like, except for their name and like some vague artwork of them, right? No, no, yeah, no. It's I don't know. I, I think that the Knights of Ren themselves, like even J.J. Abrams himself, has said like I want to see a Knights of Ren movie, and we haven't got much of them. And I think. This is what really bums me out. And I granted, I know Luca, Lucasfilm has like a, a way of doing things and, you know, want to spoil things, et cetera, blah, 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 you know. But I really wish I've been I've been wanting like Knights of Ren stuff. Like I, unless like they're a, a complete spoiler in general, and maybe they are. I don't know. Like maybe, maybe Mace Windu was a Knight of Ren. Oh, dude, <laughs> that'd be kind of baller. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I would not complain. Here's the, here's the thing with the Knights of Ren. They are something that. I think right now, I think they're more interesting than Snoke, personally. I think, I'm yeah. like, I think Snoke is just like, whatever. I'm, 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 I'm done with Snoke. I like Snoke theories. It's fun. It's, it's played out now. I just, tell me who he is or, if, you know, if, if he's anything at all. Tell me who he is. Let's get over with. And then let's get the Knights of Ren. Like, they, they interest me more because they represent, because that's what Kylo Ren is. I mean, like, 
he's the master of the Knights of Ren. Did he like create the Knights of Ren or did he like, you know, go into it? Like that, I mean, that's what I'm getting invested into. And so like, they're so mysterious. It's like, they haven't given much information on them. There must be a gigantic spoiler in episode eight or nine that when they, you know, cause they haven't yet. So, but cause I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I don't think we'll be disappointed with their, with their reveal. I think they're going to represent something cool. I think they're, it's, it's a different uniqueness, I think to, to star Wars. And I think that even though the Sith are gone, there's not very many dark siders. This is the closest thing we have of that now with, with, you know, multiple dark side villains, or, you know, with lightsabers, but they probably won't. But you know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're going to be at least be able to measure up and, like, look cool and, I don't know, have Sith-oriented uh, ideals anyway. Especially with the with the books of the Aftermath trilogy, right? I mean, they're... Yeah. Like, with, with the Disciples of Beyond, from the, the Disciples of Beyond, or whatever they're called. Um, you know, that was... Those my favorite parts of all the books is when, like, you know, they take on those Sith artifacts and they start duking it out. I mean, that's awesome. So... I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I don't know if I'll be honest. I kind of don't want them to be associated with each other. I kind of want to be a separate thing, but maybe they're somewhat tied together. But... <laughs> Wait, associated with each other or with Kylo? I, I, I don't want them. I don't want the, the, the acolytes. Oh, that's right. Not disciples. The acolytes from beyond. I apologize. People who are yelling at the, at the podcast, I corrected myself. Um, the acolytes, I don't want them to be a straight ahead, like, they, you know, went straight from them to the Knights of Ren because Kylo Ren took them over. I would, it'd be cool if, like, they, like, dissolved, but, like, you know, from the ashes of that somewhat, like, maybe one person kind of kept it around and then kind of built it and then kind of, you know, something like that because I don't, I don't know yeah. if you could just do, because it wouldn't make sense then if, because they all have lightsabers and, like, they're giving them Sith artifacts to use, so it wouldn't really make sense, so... I don't know. The more I hear about the Knights of Ren, and even you just talking right now about the Acolytes and how they're kind of the same thing, but not really, which, you know, in canon it has not been confirmed that they are the same thing at all. But it makes me wonder how much has actually been planned about the Knights of Ren, because, like, Vader was called, like, a Lord of the Sith back when the original trilogy was coming out and nobody knew what that meant. And I imagine this exact same conversation was happening. Like, what are the Sith? And it took us so long to find out what that was. And I wonder if the Knights of Ren, if like, cause I know JJ Abrams and Brian Johnson were not, they were both given a good degree of freedom they weren't necessarily told like you have to continue the story in this direction am i remembering that correctly there was yeah you're right it's basically their stories but yes yeah so there's a possibility that jj abrams had an idea about the knights of ren and ryan johnson or the story group changed it so like i mean as always like what i wouldn't give to know the behind the scenes stuff of where exactly when exactly they decided to canonize something and whether yeah. well, I think the, like yeah, the I think Ren um, might not sorry. even be canonized in episode eight. We might have to wait even lo- not canonized as in like canonized, but as in like explained. They might not even be explained yet. Yeah, I think a lot of it will be up to Ryan Johnson whether or not he wants to bring them in now and what he wants to do with them. Because I think yeah, basically, kind of the way it's done is that the director gets the movie they're working on, and then they kind of do what they want with those story threads and then kind of leave it open somewhat for the next director. Like there's no straight up story that's been written that they're going off of. They're just 
making their own stories, which is why I'm so excited for Ryan Johnson's one, because he'll come up with some some weird stuff, I I assume. So, like, whether or not he wants... What was that? As as much as I would love to think that there's, like, an immutable definition for the Knights of Ren at this point, I wouldn't be super surprised if there actually wasn't. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking that there might not be, depending on how much they factor into this movie. Like, Ryan might have an idea and might be doing something, but I think that's partly why we don't get stuff with them, like, in anything else is partly because spoilers and partly because they don't have a defined story yet. Um, I just really, I really want to see them because I keep forgetting about them. And then when I'm reminded, I'm like, oh, yeah, they sound really cool. But I swear to God, if they're all guys, I'm going to fight someone. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, there was... Like, what, there are, like, seven of them or something? Like, come on. Well, there is, I think, if um, there was a concept art of original, um, a piece that the Star Wars Newsnet guys had, that they kept on for a long time, they had the original, they had two different concepts of Knights of Ren from the one that's in the Force Awakens book, and a different one that, that hasn't been released yet, which is kind of intriguing. And um, you can, it's actually an interesting article, and I, I'm a big fan of Star Wars Newsnet. Like I, I write for them, so. Um, but they they released this piece of artwork, and um, one of the Knights of Ren in that piece of artwork was female. I'm but not one sure. Of if, them. Wow. I know, but Such I mean, at least diversity. at least one. I mean, just one. At least one. I mean, so I it's they know there maybe it might have been more actually. I don't remember, but I know there's at least one. I mean, also that is very early concept art, so it's kind of hard to know what they're gonna do with it later on. Like they might look completely different when they're actually brought in, um, into the movies. Because exactly, a lot mm-hmm. might have changed. So we never know. But yeah, if at least like three of them aren't girls, I'm gonna riot. But here's the question: What if they don't state what sex they are? What if they just hang on? Well, yeah, if they're, if they're completely seems... gender ambiguous, that's cool too. I'm cool with that. But knowing right. Star Wars, they're not going to do that. Well, we could, this could be a very long discussion, and I that's think it's true. Well, oh boy, we've gone down. Yeah. We've gone down the rabbit hole. Yeah, we've done it again every time. <laughs> I, I do think it's a very important decision to, or discussion to have, and I would also love gender parity among the Knights of Ren. But we could probably talk about this for an hour, and we have some yeah. more news to go over. That's true. So, we'll, we'll save this for uh, a different time. What? We'll save this for a different time. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's a lot of stuff that I don't think we have time to touch on all of it. There's Kylo Ren's new ship. Um, there's some new footage of Rose Tico. Um, there's There's a lot of new stuff about Star Wars land which is coming to Disneyland and Disney World, um, which the footage of D23 was more detailed than what we've seen before, but it was sort of the same as what we've seen before the, in terms of the, the scale model and the hotel news. So we can talk about that a little bit. But the other thing that I wanted to make sure to point out from the behind-the-scenes footage was everyone's new favorite Star Wars creature, the Porgs. Um, <laughs> So, they're cute. They can fly. Um, they look a little bit How? like to I, like, I want to see it fly because it seems like it can't work. Yeah, I guess it's like got semi little wings. So I I like them, but I don't think they're cute. I think they're weird looking. Yeah, they um, kind of creep me out. <laughs> yeah, like they, they like there are practical effects. I think at least one of them, you saw it like sat on a shelf. It is a real yeah. thing. They look fake to me and they're like yeah. a little bit uncanny valley. 
Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at too. And like I said it before, but I'm a little freaked out by puppets and animatronics. So like when I saw that thing in the real footage, I was just like, oh, no. Yeah. So Paul, what do you think about porgs? Okay, this is gonna be a hot take. Um, uh-uh. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna lie. They're they're they're, they're the, everyone's making a big deal about it. It's cool. I'm glad you guys are getting really excited about the porgs. I, I'm not that excited about them. They're not. They're not. I don't think they're terrible. Um, but I don't really see the like. Again, oh my god, appeal of them. They look cute. That's. I mean, don't you get? You guys know me. I love cute things. Let's be. Let's be real here. <laughs> so, I, this is not me being a bitter like curmudgeon. You know, I am. I like cute things as much as the next person. I like Ewoks. Damn it legitimately no irony there so like i like cute stuff and we'll get into more cute stuff when we talk about forces of destiny and i like that so i want to say for the record i like cute things damn it but the porgs i just i don't see it yet oh again i'm gonna go back to the melee weapons again i need to see them in action i need to see what they're what what they're i need to see one fly i need to know what it looks like because they look like penguins like body wise so i'm like how does that thing support its body weight i don't know they got tiny wings i don't know it's weird but also <laughs> like we everyone's talking about them i bet they're only going to be in the movie for like 30 seconds at most like we'll see them in the background and won't actually like have that much interaction or something yeah Kinda like when um they did that that oh, what even was it force for change video for the force awakens and that Baba Joe guy walks out and everyone's like, oh my god, what is that? And you see him for like the briefest second in the background of a scene in the actual movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, they're yeah. supposed to be like the the caretaker creatures or Luke's caretaking them, right? Yeah. Which I I always thought was a weird, weird way to say that for their animals. I think like they're not sentient, right? So. Oh, who knows? Yeah, we'll see. with birds now. What? That was as weird with its birds now. They're everywhere. (laughs) Star Wars is weird with birds now. You know what? The (laughs) other thing I was thinking is like, wasn't there a whole controversy about how there weren't birds, like it's a protected wildlife refuge and the the crew had to be really careful of the birds on Skellig Michael? Yeah, they could only film at certain times because otherwise it was breeding times, yeah. I was a little bit like, porgs are nice, but what if we just saw some like plain old birds? (laughs) <laughs> and people can learn to appreciate them. I don't even know what species of bird lives on Skellig Michael, but like it'd be kind of cool if you could see the real animal and know like this is a real animal that it's important to preserve. But yeah. porgs are good too. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, porgs <laughs> are. You guys, you guys have seen Office Space, right? No. Oh, no. Oh my god! All right, for people who have I'm seen sorry. Office Space, I'll just, I'm just gonna say this. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go ahead and disagree with you there. About, not to you guys, but to everyone else about porgs. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll see. Uh, like I said, I want to see them in action. They, I I'm just not. They haven't hit me with the cute factor yet. In fact, they might be too cute. They might just be like you know over overdo it a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I reserve the right to change my mind and and when I actually see the movie like three four times. Yes, that's a very important disclaimer. I think we all reserve the right to do that. Um, So do you guys have anything you want to add about Star Wars Land, which is now officially called Galaxy's Edge, but probably everyone 
will continue to think of as Star Wars yeah, land. Yeah, everyone's going to call it Star Wars <laughs> land no matter what they do. Um, I just... I wish people would stop being like, yeah, the Star Wars hotel is like Westworld, because I'm like, that's a bad comparison to make in so many ways that I get what people are going for, but also, do you really want to compare like a family-friendly hotel experience to that place of all places also i got excited because i saw people be like it's like westworld i was like what they have robots and i actually read the news and they don't have robots like real robots so i was disappointed it's not enough like westworld yeah no i don't like i don't watch westworld so i don't really have a point of comparison there to me it's just it's the same as like the Pandora uh, land or any of the themed hotels, I I definitely like would want to go, especially because like, I'm such a huge Knights of the Old Republic fan. Like I want to know what the story is. I want to be able to play the story. It will be a ridiculous, like once in a lifetime expense. But although see, I will also say for the record, my wild theory is that eventually if the rising oceans do not claim us all you will be able to put down a mortgage on a room in star wars land because people would do it yeah Um, yes (laughs) yeah um i think that that's where our society is going but and like i'm not criticizing that i'm just putting it out there that i said it so that it if when it happens there's a record that i said it (laughs) you know I, i it's one of those things where um I, I, I think that this is, this is correct. Doug Chang um, designed, helped, like was a lead designer on uh, Galaxy's Edge, and I think it looks. I think it looks incredible. I'm a big Doug Chang fan. I would love to get him on the show at some point. I know he's busy and whatever, whatever, do that. But if I could, bang, that would be great though. He, I, he, he is. I, I, I wanted. I was so devastated that I missed um, David, my friend. You guys met him. He's on. Uh, with he's hanging out with me and uh, Megan and a bunch of us back at celebration. We were walking the floor, walking the floor, and he goes, "Hey, look, it's Doug Chang." I went, "Oh my god!" And I want to get my picture with him. And I'm not a, a celebrity guy or anything like that. Like that's not my thing. But I really want a picture with Doug Chang because I really appreciate the guy and I love his Star Wars contributions. I think they're so underrated. Like I, I visited the Doug Chang panel at uh, celebration, and that was incredible. It was not very full. I mean, it was like you know decent amount of people there, but it wasn't full. And he was just spitting out beautiful knowledge about Star Wars. And I'm like, where is everybody? This guy's like a, he's like the modern day Ralph McQuarrie. Like he's, I mean, he's not Ralph McQuarrie. Yeah. He, would, he wouldn't say he is, but this guy's awesome. Like, you know, and, and I think it's so cool that he got to, des, you know, be the lead designer in charge of designing Star Wars uh, land. I just did it. Not Galaxy's Edge. Um, so, <laughs> but if you look at it, it looks very much like Moss Espa a little bit. Like that's, but which is cool. I love Moss Espa. I think it looks great. So it looks a little bit like that. Um, I hate to say, I hate to be this guy. I'm not really a fan of the. Fr- You're gonna of, be the guy though. I'm gonna be the guy. I have to be Saf. I'm always that guy. Yeah. I don't mind it. Yeah. You know why? Because I like being me. Um. So <laughs> no, no. I, I'm a little. You went on a journey there, Paul. I did. I always. It's always, always a journey with me, girl. Come I love on. these character arcs through the episodes. <laughs> 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 it's you're not wrong you're not wrong episode 11 paul yeah. finds himself i'm sorry please go on yes uh be, i'm being the guy the first order resistance uh theme for the, the the thing i'm not into that like i wish i wish it was original trilogy i know it this is disney's thing and they want to do the 
the Disney thing right. And you know, I mean, with future generations, it makes sense that they I want to do the know, new stuff. I know. I know. I'm I'm with you, but I understand why they're doing what they're I, doing. I understand it, and I just you know, but I think, and I like the first order stuff for the most. It's a little too. Here's and this kind of goes back. I, I'm a little mini tangent. And I'll be done. It's a, give me one minute. I have All right. I have one minor issue with some of the current designs of the Force Awakens slash the sequel trilogy, is that they're putting the insignias on the on like the shoulders of their characters. Like Poe has a like a rebel uh, the rebel uh, logo on his shoulder, and you see uh, Hux and like the in the Force Awakens have like the the First Order symbol on on his on his arm, and I'm, I just don't like that. Like for some that kind of bothers me, and like. There's certain aesthetics that they're adopting in this that I, I'm just not really into, and it it doesn't that doesn't seem like Star Wars to me. Like it seems like they're being too. I thought the... you guys put like American flags on literally everything you wear. Though. <laughs> I don't put American flags on everything I wear. I don't do Calls that. Out. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not that person. Absolutely true. I, and I'm, 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 a minim- I'm definitely a minimalist in that way. I think a lot of and, and don't get me wrong, that's just my opinion. But it's just like just stuff like that. I'm worried that's going to be all over. Um, I almost said Star Wars Land, Galaxy's Edge. So that's Just cool. Star Wars Land. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's it's that to me. I'm a little nervous about is that aesthetic. I like I liked George's more. It wasn't in your face. Like the Rebel logo wasn't everywhere. It was just on the you know, it was on their helmets, and that was it. It was very like not like a big deal. And it wasn't on every single one kind of a thing, you know. So I don't know. There's there's certain things about it that I. I just, you know, I'm a little nervous about in that aspect, but at the same time, I mean, I'm going to go there and lose my goddamn mind. So, I mean, whatever. So, <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's part of it. Like I like, I don't mind the logos. Um, I don't mind them partially because I am the consumer that they are trying to get. Like they're putting the logos <laughs> on stuff because people will then buy the stuff with the logos on it. And like, I love things that look like they came from the universe, like patches and stuff. So I am that person. But I, uh, I, I kind of see what you mean about the design. I was going to say something else about the hotel. Oh, that idea of like going there and losing your mind. I definitely like once I'm there for like six hours, depending on how immersive it is, I'm just going to like be gone. Like it, it's, it's going to be an incredible experience because Wanting to, like, be in Star Wars is kind of the whole reason I'm involved in any of this. Like, I want to go to that universe, but I can't. So reading about it is the closest thing I get. Like, uh, it's definitely going to be sort of an addicting experience, I think, if it's immersive enough. And that'll be interesting. I really want to go, but I don't know if I can ever afford it because it costs enough just to get to America in the first place. I'll see. I really want to go to, like, Star Wars Land and do the hotel thing just for, like, a... Just from a game design interactive narrative experience like point of view, like I'm really curious how they're actually going to handle all of this stuff um, in terms of actual humans interacting in real life with everything. It's going to be really cool. Like I just want to go see it and experience it and understand what they're doing there because Disney is a like they're really good at <laughs> designing stuff um, for their for their parks. So I am really really keen to go just because of that like also i love star wars and i want to be immersed in star wars but i have a bit more of that like how have they done it how are they going to do it i want to know 
Um, also, like, the fact that they've mentioned for the hotel, if you actually do, like, the immersive experience thing, you get, like, you get to wear Star Wars clothes. I'm like, yeah, I want to wear Star Wars clothes. <laughs> that is 100% what I wanted to. Yes. I wonder if they'll have, like, <laughs> like, the Star Wars food, like, the stupid apples that they just cut holes in and put broccoli in from The Force Awakens. Oh, like, I hope so. I wonder so. if they have that stuff around, because I want to eat that. Fractal broccoli, yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Hey, I pay attention to food when I watch things, okay? I'm pretty sure it's also just, like, a straight-up lemon in that fruit bowl in that scene, but I haven't actually gone to prove that. It just looks like it. (laughs) So this is such a tangent now, but I was watching A New Hope the other day, and Amberu is cutting what looks like an onion or sort of looks like like a succulent, and I've started collecting succulents. I have, like, four of them in my house now, and they are – they look like that plant. Like, they're just, like, sort of – leafy like plants and it just amuses me that they might serve them because they look like Amber's dinner <laughs> you know and again you can eat some succulents also i always wondered what she put what she was doing like what contraption like she was putting her stuff into because i was yeah, like she was just like shoving stuff into that i know and I'm like, it's like a blender i guess yeah 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 and i almost thought these yeah i was like do we need one of those when i was a kid i'm like can we get one of those that she's using i thought it was kind of cool so anyway <laughs> sorry I assume it's like a weird Star Wars crockpot or something. <laughs> huh, I don't even true. know. <laughs> true. All right. At San Diego Comic-Con, there were some book announcements. Um, several of these I'm pretty excited about. The Last Jedi novelization will be written by Jason Fry, who has done Ooh. several young adult Star Wars books. Yeah, I really love the Servants of the Empire series. Um, Jupiter Pirates is his original series. I enjoyed that as well. So I'm really excited to hear about that. Um, Elizabeth Wine is writing Cobalt Squadron. Um, It's a young adult book from um, Disney Publishing about Rose and Paige Tico. I'm not really familiar with Elizabeth Wine, but I've enjoyed the, uh, like, the journey to books before and this one looks to be in a, a similar format and then we got um the canto bite collection which is a collection <laughs> of four novellas by john jackson miller uh, excuse me john jackson miller millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Saladin Ahmed, Ray Carson, and Mira Grant. Um, 
and so that was was newly announced and then we learned a little bit more about the legends of luke skywalker by ken liu and um star wars made easy by christian bavel which shout out to christian um i'm that's cool that he's he is writing his first star wars reference book so what do you guys think i am keen I, I, I really loved, like, all the books that came out before The Force Awakens. Because, I mean, they did not give away any information about The Force Awakens, really. But they were really fun to read and, like, a good way to ramp up to the movie. So I'm excited to read, yeah, like, Cobalt Squadron. And um, I, I'm curious about Legends of Luke Skywalker thing. Like, I'm quite keen to see that. Um, I just... Cobalt Squadron could be something I really enjoy. So I'm I'm quite keen to get my hands on that and i'm also so excited that jason fry is getting to write the novelization because like i mean the force awakens had what was his name the force awakens was alan dean foster yeah that's right and that was the driest book i've read in my entire life it's one of the few Star Wars books i've never finished because i was like i can't it was not a good book and then yeah they gave it to like i'm glad they're giving the new novelizations to like their newer more frequent writers that they kind of have on the team now like it's not really a team but they kind of bring some of them back and like alex freed had rogue one and that was a really good novelization and jason fry has written quite a lot of star wars stuff now so i'm really excited that he's writing the novelization because this one will actually be fun to read i think yes <laughs> you're saying i'm so sorry alan d foster you're saying but that was a painful weekend? book you know i i think it could have been the movie too to be honest i mean honestly i i think he had the problem of like for some reason he would take lines like he'd take dialogue from the movie that works totally fine in the movie like it works and then he'd add like extra lines to it that just totally broke the flow and just was too much extra stuff that was unnecessary like and then he would try and do like humor and it would just fall flat and i was just like no nah, this is not great like i gave up after a third of the book or something i was just like i can't do this well uh for me <laughs> i mean hey you know i don't i don't blame i don't read novelizations which i know you guys that's fair you get i know you guys have loved the rogue one novelization so um i actually haven't finished it yet because i got oh, to scarif and i was like this is gonna hurt too much i can't handle it word, so i don't I blame you scarif is rough like God. Uh, he wrote, yeah, because there's, like, the whole bit when they blow up Jeddah City, and there's, like, a bunch of different, like, short snapshots from different characters as the Death Star, not Death Star, yes, the Death Star, blows up everything, and it's so heartbreaking, and I got to Scarif, and I was like, I can't handle whatever he's gonna throw at me, it's just gonna destroy me. Rogue One is just a great story, I just gotta say it. Yeah. Like, it's just such a great story. The comic adaptation's cool, too. Like, it's added a bunch of new stuff. It's cool. Um... So, yeah, the book news, uh, I'm actually happy for Jason Fry, even though I don't read novelizations. Jason Fry has obviously been working in Star Wars for a while, and I know, like, he's done great work. Um, I love Weapon of a Jedi. I don't, some people didn't. Oh, that I, was such a good book. Yeah, it's weird. The more people, like, at first, when it first came out, people were trashing it. I'm like, and I started reading it over, I remember reading it over Force Friday weekend, and I'm like, what is, what are people talking about? This book, this book is great. Um, if any of those books were the weakest, it was Smuggler's Run, honestly. Whoa, I would disagree. Was it Smuggler's Run? I, think... I mean, no, that's that's the weakest of the books. Oh, I'm not saying weakest. it was bad. Really? Okay. Of those three I, books, it was the weakest. I, I, I didn't really I like mean, the Leia I mean, one. I say that. The Leia book may have been the weakest, but it gave me a beach scene with them in, like, Hawaiian shirts. So that, that was, okay. Everything. I mean, ironically, that's cool, but at the same time, I'm like, eh. There was, I like the... Pre- I mean, 
Yeah. They did it in like Rogue Squadron, so like don't don't talk shit about this I, book. I, don't, I didn't read Rogue Squadron, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it wasn't. Leia book was. I didn't. Ever, I actually didn't finish it. I had the audiobook, and I never. I had like a two hours left, uh-huh. and I was like, eh. I, it just wasn't grabbing me as much. I liked. I didn't it like, was definitely my kind of book. Yeah. Word word. But I love. I like I loved um, Smuggler's Run. I loved Greg Rucka. So I mean, I I thought that was great. So. Um, Rucka is good. Yeah, he's great. So yeah, so um. I love Jason Fry, uh, his stuff. So I'm really happy for him. This is a big thing for him, I think. So it's cool. Um, Cabalt Squadron is that the one with Tico? Tico, what's her name? Rose Tico. Rose yeah. Tico. Yeah, 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 Rose yeah. Tico and are those, Paige like, Tico. Are those B wings on the cover? Like I can't entirely tell. Oh, hmm. Hang on. Let me. Zoom I look at them. I'm like, they could be. Uh, I think so. That doesn't have, like, the top part. Yeah, if like, they got a similar look... silhouette, but they don't look quite right, which is why I was yeah. like, I don't know. But they're not they're not those ones that you see on Crate, as far as I can tell, because those have a different design as well. So I was just like, what is this ship? But they fly X-Wings, right, Cobalt? Um, I think all we know about them so far is from this book, maybe? So I I don't know. I'd have to look that up. I got kind of excited because I saw the cover. I was like, are they a B-Wing squadron? And so if they end up being a B-Wing squadron, which I could be totally wrong about, I will be so psyched. Like, I will be through the roof excited. <laughs> I noticed that all three of them have different outfits, which I don't know if that's just the Rebellion is, or excuse me, the Resistance is kind of patchwork, or if that means that there are multiple ships in the same squadron. Because they have, oh. it looks like their um, vests and their helmets are a little different from one another. Yeah, and Rose is a mechanic, right? So that might be part of it. Yeah, well. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the Canto uh, Bite, I want to say Bright every time I see Bite. Um, <laughs> I want to say Blight. Uh, yeah, you see, I almost said Bite. Wait, is it? No, it's See, I almost said Bite or Bright. It's either one. Like, because that eye, could, could, like, if because I have bad eyes, it looks like an L. And then sometimes it looks like an R. So I'm like, I just, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that one, I'm, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm waiting to see on this. So, um, we'll see. I'm, again, I, I liked, I liked a little more that I saw of Canto Bite from the behind the scenes stuff, but like some of the, the alien characters, I wasn't too into when I saw in the Vanity Fair stuff. Again, reserve the right to see it in motion. Um, I think everyone would, uh, would agree that Legends of Luke Skywalker uh, will be the one we're all anticipating besides the Leia one, maybe the Leia one. Um, I'm a little sick. I'm a little sick of the, of the Leia, like, uh, not Leia, but like, I'm sick of like the time period that we're getting this Leia book in. And I kind of want like more. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm just tired of like 15 to 19 Leia. I want like either post return of the Jedi Leia, like as a mother, or I want like Leia, like, you know, leading the resistance like she is in Poe Dameron comic, you know? So, but that being said, I'm going to take it. I, I'm a big fan of the Lost Stars book. So Claudia Gray, and I liked, um, and I, again, I, I liked, um, oh my God, Bloodline. So that was solid. So, um, you know, I, I don't want to, I'm not trying to talk mess about anybody. I'm just, I'm excited about Luke Skywalker book. I think, I think it's a, it's a cop out a little bit with the rumor saying that the rumor, it's a rumor book. But at the same time, I think it's kind of original creative idea. That, that gives you like a lot of space for the exactly. for the author to like mm-hmm. branch out and do some weird stuff without it being canon, which I'm kind of, which is why I'm kind of keen for it. Like it's not, 
it doesn't have to stick to what their conventions are but at the same time it's gonna have like kernels of truth in it so i'm like i'm keen to see how they how they build that I like that there'll be a chance for us to see some non-canon stories, but the one that I'm worried about is the one where they mentioned that, like, what if a flea was on Luke's jacket during Return of the Jedi or something? Yeah, that sounds like it's going to be a little bit weird. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm kind of like, that could be a really cool idea, but also it could just be weird and not great. I feel like it's going to be goofy, but... Mm. The theme of this episode seems to be, we will reserve judgment. (laughs) Yeah. I think, give credit to Lucasfilm for making kind of a book that's based loosely on what Ray said. She said, you know, Luke Skywalker, I thought he was just a myth. Like, they are playing up that whole idea, which is cool. And I think it's in a creative way. And again, like Saf said, like, you're you're kind of giving the, the, the writer a lot of artistic license without being beholden to, like, that was canon. You know what I mean? Like, what I thought Luke did this. I thought he couldn't do that because this book said this. Like, you can kind of have fun with it. You can kind of play around with what works and what doesn't. So it's, it's kind of genius if you think about it, because if something really works and is popular, they can make it canon. If it doesn't really go over that well and you want to change it later on, you can just be like, that's the rumor book. It was a rumor. So, I mean, yeah. you, you kind of that's protect true. yourself either way. But I think it's cool. I think it also makes sense from the story and what we're doing. So I, you know, I, I'm a little bummed because I, I used to pre-order everything and just be like, I can't wait to get it on my shelf. And right now I can't do that because my wife doesn't have a job. So I have to wait oh, no. for everything. So I'm like, oh, God, please have a job. Please have a job so I can buy Star Wars books. I don't care about, I don't care about mortgages. I care about Star Wars books. So, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So I'm yeah, most... I think, um, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, one, thing, one thing about this book that I kind of like the idea of is like, you, we don't know where Luke is right now, like mentally or emotionally or like personality wise. Like we can't predict what Luke is going to be like. We've only seen like how he kind of seems a little bit, a little bit glum in the, in the teaser. And by glum, I mean like <laughs> not real great. glum, real glum, but, um, oh, he real glum. I like the idea that this book could like give us vastly different interpretations of Luke. Um, that, so we just still will have just even less of an idea of where he is. So by the time we actually see the movie, we're just going to be like, we don't know what to expect at all, which I'm really keen for because it's a cool way to approach such an important character to not lead us into like any particular idea of him that we just kind of like, we know what Luke used to be, but that was like 30 years ago. We have no clue now. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. and I, and I think this book's going to do a great job of kind of filling in some, here's what, here's my prediction. I think it's going to be fun stories for the most part. It's just going to be just like Weapon of a Jedi, essentially, because you're going to get these different tales, but they're going to plant seeds of what to expect in The Last Jedi, of what, he, you know, yeah. of some some character aspects of like, I saw him, he was all moody and all, you know, it's like, why is Luke moody? You know, it's, it's you know, stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> but they're going to be seeds like, I heard he lost like a million students, like, Really, it was a million. Yeah, it was a million students. And you look, you watch the movie, and it's like ten. You know, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're gonna, it's gonna, they're gonna hint at things, but I think as power levels and lightsaber stuff, I think they're gonna downplay that a little bit. That's my prediction. And like, mm. by the way, if Luke doesn't use lightsaber in the for, uh, Force Awakens in the Last Jedi, then I'm gonna be uber bummed, uber bummed. Yeah, I'm sure I'll bring it out at some point. Like they can't, they can't not. 
Even if like the last second of the movie we hear like ignites it. It's oh no! You see, which would be really <laughs> yeah, cool. I mean, they already did that with the Force Awakens, like making Luke the last thing you see. If they make his lightsaber the last thing you see in the Last Jedi, I would be kind of okay with that because it would be like the entire movie you spend it being like, when is it gonna happen? And then it's like the last thing you see it would be like really intense. I don't know. That's my huh. prediction now. I've decided that's my prediction. <laughs> I do like that we're getting more short stories because before. Force Awakens even I was saying that I, I hope we get more like Tales stories and these are not they're not quite the same as the Tales collections but they're short stories and they're like almost infinities and I'm just really glad that we're still getting that kind of thing because I think it's a really good entry point into the Star Wars universe yeah so um, in terms of books the other big news right now is that Inferno Squad came out today so Inferno Squad is the tie-in to Battlefront 2. Um, it's by Christy Golden. It's actually, I was, people were talking about this on Twitter, and I realized that it was like maybe something I should have clarified and I never thought of. It's not a follow-up to the previous Battlefront book at all. Like the two books <laughs> have nothing to do with each other. It's just this one's connected to the campaign of Battlefront 2. So they're like kind of connected, but not really. Um so I have read it. Um, I read it in two days. Um, my review is up at Den of Geek. Um, my, the short version is that I really enjoyed it. It wasn't like amazing. The Christy Golden's writing is snappy and quick and like really emotional. It's not necessarily super technical, but that's okay. So uh, yeah, I liked it. And um, so Paul, you've read like or you've listened to a couple chapters right <laughs> yes i've listened to three chapters um on my way and from uh work and it's a, uh, am really enjoying it so far um the voice actress is the same actress who's playing item versio in the, the video game so um geneve uh oh my gosh you know the name Gavankar? Janina Gavankar? Oh, God. I, I'm just, you know me. I'm like, I can only say John Smith, basically, or pronounce it. I've probably gotten her first name wrong. I think I've got the last name right, though. She's Janina. Yeah, it's, well, irregardless, um, it, the thing is this. She's she's done a great job so far. Um, I'm really excited to, to listen to the book because it deals with Saw's pars, Partisans group. So, um, yeah, I, I haven't so far I haven't got to that point yet, but I'm excited. Um, it's been solid. The first chapter has been the best so far. I'm three chapters in other two are not bad, but the first chapter is super, super good. I think like it's a great setup. It sold me from the, the minute I read that or read. I listened to that first chapter. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the read or listening to that. <laughs> good. And Saf, unfortunately, is not available in New Zealand yet, so you do not have it yet. Yeah, you, things usually come out a couple of days later here. I think it comes out, like, midnight tonight or something, so I might stay up late to read it. Or I might wake up early to read it. But I am really excited to check it out, because everything I've heard from people so far has been really good. Um, and I'm always here for, like, <laughs> stories about the little military groups somewhat in Star Wars. Yeah, I'm glad it's gotten such a good reception, too, because I wasn't sure whether it would or not. Um, there are some critiques that I that I do agree with. Um, over at Fangirl Blog, they said there was a lot of kind of clumsy exposition in the beginning, which, like, there was a scene that was, like, blatantly characters telling one another their life histories. But, um, so, <laughs> I, I, like, there were some issues, but overall, I liked it. And uh, it was funny, they liked... Um, 
the beginning better the first half and i liked the second half better so there is like a pretty dramatic difference between the two sections i'm sure we'll knuckle down and um review this thoroughly further on but yeah i'm rocking to read this book yes so um is there anything else you guys want to talk about with news before we go on to our actual main topic no i'm ready to go i don't think so yeah. All right, so um, the main topic this week is the Forces of Destiny miniseries. And so this was announced back at Celebration. It was announced at, like, what, 2 in the morning or something? And, yeah. And uh, it is a series of, like, two or three-minute shorts focused on female characters from all across the, su- the saga. It's written by Jennifer Miro and animated in Lucasfilm's sort of new like Dave Filoni helmed animation studio, right? Um, I realize as I say that, that I don't actually know that the work is done in California. Like, I I think Dave Filoni is, like, in charge of that department, but do you guys know? Do you have any, like, inside scoop on that? I have no clue whatsoever. I didn't even know Dave Filoni had an animation thing. <laughs> okay. He might have oversaw, like, for continuity reasons, but I don't know if he was directly involved in this or not. Um... So it was eight episodes. Um, they aired on YouTube, and there are going to be more of them later this year. Um, I it, It's definitely targeted toward a, a young age group. Um, it reminds me a lot of the Clone Wars miniseries from way back when, without the kind of star power of Jenny Tartakovsky himself. He already had a large fan base of, like, older teenagers and 20-somethings. And I think I was a teenager at the time, so that was my perspective. Um, so he had that going in, so that was made it a little different, but the format is basically the same. So I want to talk about to you guys about, like, what your overall impressions were, um, what your favorite episodes were, things like that. I, um, I enjoyed it. It's definitely not for my age group. Like, it's just, I, I didn't find there was a lot to analyze because the stories <laughs> were relatively simple. You don't say. But they yeah. were, <laughs> yeah, but they were also not didactic. They weren't, like, they didn't, like, end with everyone laughing and saying, here's what we learned today. They weren't quite that simple, but nor were they incredibly complex at, at two, three minutes long. So, what do you think? I... I think they were really fun and cute. Um, they were really cute. I really liked Ahsoka, how she looked in them. Like, I liked her design. Um, a lot of people, like, were critiquing, critiquing the design because it's obviously quite a budget-saving animation style. But at the same time, like, the characters still look relatively distinct from each other considering we have a whole bunch of <laughs> pale brunette girls who all look the same in real life. Um, yeah. it, it's impressive that they actually managed to make them look relatively distinct while animating them in this relatively simplistic style but yeah I, my favorite episode was the one with the soka being late to her, a ceremony thing just because her fighting a robot was really cool but i think yeah at the time because i was i was uh like somewhere else staying at a place and i was doing full-time work so i was waking up in the mornings and just like i'd put on tv and watch whatever was on and so i'd be watching kid shows basically uh, so I had been watching a lot of kid shows around that time that it was coming out. So I'd go to work and then watch like before work started, watch a couple episodes of this show. And for like the target audience, it's a pretty le- legit show. Like it's short, very short. It is obviously made to sell the dolls, but it still like has it's fun and it's cute and it doesn't like talk down to its audience particularly. It's just like it's Star Wars, but a little bit aged down, which I kind of appreciated. 
You know, I am a 35-year-old man. Love Star Wars since I can remember. <laughs> and, you know, Star Wars for me will always be something that's... I don't, childish isn't the, not the word I'm looking for. It's always young at heart. That's a better. That's what I'm trying to say. Young at heart. And I think that I always will be brought back to a simple a simplicity of to when I watch or listen to Star Wars. Even you know, even when I watch Rogue One, which is a very a, a more adult kind of concept of war, a little more re, you know realism and it, as much as you can get with Star Wars um, grittiness, I should say. Um, you know, still transports me back to being a kid of seeing spaceships and lasers and, and droids. And, and it's just the whole aesthetic is amazing. But in the end, I still become that, you know, six-year-old, seven-year-old boy who just would pop in Return of the Jedi on repeat, you know, whenever I could. And I think it's important, you know, when I watch these things, I have that same mentality in mind, right? So when Forces of Destiny came out, I didn't expect it to be rebels i didn't expect it to be clone wars or even the jendy uh series from the micro series from you know when revenge of the sith was coming out um you know i i you have to judge things on their own on their own merit you know like they can't you can't compare you know forces of destiny to any of the other cartoon animations even droids even ewoks you can't compare it they're all different they're all different time frames and audiences or, or whatever sometimes they're, they're geared at the mass audience sometimes they're geared towards a specific audience and what's you know obviously this is geared to sell you know action figure dolls if if you will and there's nothing wrong with i that. mean most star wars is made exactly to sell toys anyway. yeah yeah i mean, I mean that's <laughs> like it's an interesting it like people would bring it up i had uh, I had a few discussions on twitter about this show because some people really didn't like the idea of it existing um but yeah, like, the majority of Star Wars is made to sell action figures so that they could make more Star Wars. Like, that's kind of why they put in, like, some of these weird aliens and stuff. Like, we have Zuvio. Oh, God. <laughs> Freaking Zuvio, who wasn't even in the movie. But, like, Star we got Wars all these weird stuff just to sell this cool alien toy. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, like, I, I get the critique, because, I mean, it's it's somewhat obvious it's aimed at a target audience so they could sell the toys to that audience. But at the same time, it's bringing Star Wars to a level that they get already like oh i had this argument with somebody on twitter where they were like why can't star wars be made for everyone i don't understand why this show has to be made like for kid girls and i was like you think rogue one is made for them like you think they're gonna go out and watch rogue one when they're like four-year-old girls like what is wrong with you are you an idiot kind of thing no offense to people who have this opinion but um star wars is in a way made for everyone like the story itself exists for everybody but the audience that each particular part of it is targeted at is not like, are you going to throw a fit because there's those golden books for kids that obviously I'm never going to read because they're basic as heck. Um, and that was like one critique of Force of the Destiny that just drove me up the wall is that the idea of Star Wars should be for everybody. And by everybody, they mean like middle-aged white guys kind of thing. And, like, this show is obviously not for that audience. It's very obvious just by looking at the art style. And I am so thankful that, even though it obviously is for capitalism reasons, I'm thankful that Star Wars has made something for an age group and a particular, like, audience that has a style similar to what they already enjoy. Like, I'm not saying every young girl wants to watch that kind of stuff. Like, some of them will love Rebels, some of them will love other stuff. But the fact that this is, like, hitting a same 
the same kind of tone as a lot of things that they'll already be watching means that those girls who do like Barbie and like pink stuff will enjoy this show and have a way to interact with Star Wars in a way that they enjoy, which I like. Yeah, and, and that, that's the thing. Like, there's nothing wrong with, you know, targeting an audience, I think, especially in, in something like this. Um, you know, let's be, let's be real here. All the things that we love is made for money. I mean, it's made to make a yeah. profit. So it's it's not capitalism and things like that. Like, you want to get that, you know, punk rock about it. You can get that punk rock. <laughs> like, that's fine. Like, I trust me, that's in me somewhere. But, like, I also like to have fun and, like, not worry about shit. So I just want to, like, have fun. So forget that. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. So you want to get the new show of, like, it's made for girls, it's for money. It's like, who cares? You know, I don't care. I, I'm going to judge okay, If the girls are enjoying it and having fun, exactly. like that's all that matters. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think you can argue that the sort of opposite direction too, which is that if, if they're going to try to capitalize off of the female audience, like, please like make more movies with female leads, <laughs> yeah. like bring in a female director. Like this is a good step. Like, please pander to me, you know, well, it's nice that they are pandering to girls with Star Wars, because, like, we had so long that was just, like, kind of a boys thing. I mean, obviously, yeah. girls liked it, because, like, you got Megan and I, but, like, it was aimed at a male audience somewhat. Ooh. I mean, you can kind of tell just by the way Ahsoka was designed in the Clone Wars to begin with. Yeah. It wasn't entirely made for girls. Oh, well, let's not go um, there. Let's not go there, Seth. And, <laughs> I know, I know, but that's kind of my point, is, like, it's nice that they have this thing that is finally pandering to girls, because they understand that there are girls who like Star Wars. Like, it's an actual business decision that shows that they know we're here, and they're trying yeah. to get us involved. No, obviously not us because we already are, but like younger females. Well, I think I think females, younger girls. Like if if they if they if they haven't gone to Star Wars through stuff like Rebels, like because it's not their jam, because they because they like like pretty girls and like cute things, then this is a good way for them to be able to interact with the world that we love so much in a way that you know talks to them personally, and it's it shows that Lucasfilm knows that they're there, which is nice. I think the tagline for Forces of Destiny should be that scene where Leia is wearing the Endor dress for the first time and says, oh, this is a nice dress. Does it come with a spear? (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. That was so, you know, I I wanted to finish up my thought about Forces of Destiny uh, really fast. It's just that, you know, I'm sorry for cutting. No, 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 no. It's good. It's a good discussion. I love it. Um, I I just want to end with the fact that, like, I, I watch these with the caveat of, like, it's not marketed towards me. And. I find them very fun. They're very cute. Like, I mean, literally, they're very cute. We watched, we were, um, my wife and I, we were visiting uh, friends down in, in California, and I was watching these on my iPad, and I've just been like, these are so adorable. Like, you know, and, and my wife, I'm, you know, my wife likes cute stuff too, but like, I think some, I like cartoony stuff, cute stuff more than she does. So she's like, you know, whatever, you know, not, that's not her thing. And, but like, you know, when you have like people, I heard people complaining about Chewbacca cuddling with a Wampa. I thought that was adorable. Like personally, I thought that was super cute. Like it's fun. It's playful. Like who cares? And the Ewok episode, it's super cute. Like this stuff's adorable. Oh my God. Yeah. So I mean like, (laughs) and, and, and straight up, like I'm not a doll collector, you know, but I want the Leia Wicket one, mostly because of Wicket, but still, I, I still want that <laughs> set. And that's the thing. Like, there's, I mean, that's, there's nothing wrong with, with, with this. There's nothing, I think, I think for what it's doing, it's not, I mean, I think the main complaint, and I can understand this one complaint, is that it looks, the animation's not like super, like, great. It's, it's fine. 
It's not amazing. Yeah. It's not designed. As, mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be. You know, you're, it's not supposed to be amazing because I mean they made these pretty fast. It wasn't. I mean, yeah, I, they, they and they're not made for like the biggest audience ever. Exactly, they're meant to be shared and looked at, and I think they do the job well. I just I would have preferred like give me like an animated series of this, like a little better two D yeah. animation, and I'd watch the hell out of this crap. Like I love it. I like, think something that gets lost there with that critique like i totally understand that critique and i don't disagree but something that can get lost is that 2d animation is really expensive to do and that's why it's not common anymore like 3d animation compared to that is way cheaper which is why we have rebels a 3d animated show and like the clone wars is 3d animated because it's cheaper to make um 2d animation is expensive and it requires a lot of work to make a little amount of stuff um and so i think we we were really spoiled with the Clone Wars and how much money George Lucas threw at that show because that is not something we're likely to get again considering just Disney in general has a lot of things to throw money at. They're not going to throw it all at just a couple animated shows for Star Wars, which means that we're probably never going to get something that well animated again until it becomes easier and cheaper to make that kind of stuff. Um, and so I totally understand the critique with the show, but on the other hand, I'm also like, there there are very real production reasons that we aren't getting a better animated show. And maybe if it does really well, we will at some point in the future. But yeah, for now I'm sort of like, okay, I understand the critique, but at the same time, I just want it to exist as it does. So I'm happy that it does, even if the animation is quite cheap, obviously. But on the other hand, I'm also like, why don't people try and make this, make it better than themselves oh and see God. how hard don't it is. Don't say that. If you, if you want a better animated show, you just go start. It's like, that's almost impossible. Well, no, no, I'm just saying, because it, it, like, it... Doing those things yourself gives you a better understanding of why things are like they are. And it gives you more of an appreciation, in my opinion, for things as they are. Like I like I said, like I really appreciate the style. Like it's really cute and it's it's for a reason. It's because it's for that particular audience that enjoys that particular style. Um and I think honestly, I love I love Ahsoka in this show. Her design looks so much better than it is in Rebels. Like it's obviously her Clone Wars design, but she, for recent Ahsoka animation, I am appreciating this much more than Rebels. <laughs> whoa, whoa, let's not get carried away here. Well, I like the Rebels Her design, design in Rebels, I like her outfit design, but her face gets just, it's not Ahsoka anymore. Like, it's totally She's slimmed down. She lost her why. lips and her nose. No, if you have a big nose as a kid, you're not going to slim it down when you become an adult. It becomes but the opposite. It stays you're big. Not an, you're not, you're, how do we know there's an exact opposite in Togruta alien uh, out of form? I don't know. Yeah, it's bad. Like, her design of Rebels matches the matches the style, I guess, but they didn't. They just completely slimmed her up and gave her a typical beauty face, as opposed to her really cute, unique face in Clone Wars. And I hate that. But this I'm show, I'm still annoyed about her stripes. How her stripes just like extended. They just like Photoshop yeah. extended her whole face. Wait, yeah, wait it was which weird. one? In Rebels. In Rebels. You guys are haters. Man. How her stripes are going straight down. <laughs> It bothers me. Uh, but you know what? Yeah, I'm a hater I'm, too, so I'll see you at the hater ball next year. It's all good. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, I think everyone knows Safanai's feelings about Ahsoka. Um, I, I wonder if we'll see an animation improvement on the next round of Forces of Destiny because they'll have so. a little more time to, to make them. I think. I think this. No? Is, yeah. I think this is because it's it's coming out soon. It's within like what fall. I think they're probably, you know, they still take a little time to make. I imagine they're probably like, and they're just pumping them out like crazy. I mean, they announced it, and they announced this in April. Had clips. They showed the Ray one and, and the uh, women. Of, I, I forgot what the panel was, but it was the uh, lady women of Star Wars or something. I, I don't remember. 
Um, but yeah. it was, uh, but it, it, they showed the whole, the whole thing. So they had this all ready to go. Um, and that lady only jumped on, I want to say like last year. So it, she, she came on recently. It wasn't like it was too that much, that long ago. So I think they'll pump these out pretty, you know, pretty good. You know, and I was watching, it's funny, right before we came on the, the podcast, I was watching a video by, a um, this guy named Dash Star on YouTube and he had a really good point. And he was talking about people kind of like fighting, you know, people saying like, I don't like this, it sucks, or this is so great, you're, you're this, you're that. And, you know, very similar to what's probably going on in most every argument in Star Wars social media these days. <laughs> uh, but, you're, you know, regardless of this, is the fact that he had a really good point saying part of the problem is that, you know, everyone wants, there's so many different people that expect different things of Star Wars. And maybe, the, you know, Lucasfilm needs to give them everyone a little bit of something because there's some people that love the stuff like forces of destiny and rebels and some people don't some people want like and he had a great point of bringing up like a, a game of thrones like more serious more i want to say adult because that's kind of you know whatever but like a more yeah. serious yeah. kind of idea you know and like like and they he brought knights of the old republic you know, old republic or whatever kind of tv series and i it, and this is what i think he had a good point on is the fact that i think if we got something that was that was a little bit more geared towards you know, different people that maybe they would be, they would, they would be less, maybe they wouldn't, I don't know, but maybe they'd be, I don't think so. I mean, just from like the, I, just from the conversations I had about forces of destiny, it feels like the people who have those opinions think that everything should be that. Like, yeah, just the conversation I had about like, when I was like, obviously rogue one, isn't made for little girls. So why do you think this little girl thing should be made for you? And they were like, well, it should be more mature. And I'm like, no, (laughs) like you don't understand that even though you watch these movies when you were like five, not everybody has their upbringing. Not everybody is mature enough for that at those ages. And so I think it's the idea that if you're a middle-aged like Star Wars fan, who is a dude generally, because Star Wars has always been kind of geared towards that, a lot of people struggle to realize that Star Wars, they don't have to like every part of it now. And I think even if you did give them a more mature show, they would still expect the rest of the stuff to adhere to that. I mean, it would be good to get, like, a more mature Star Wars, too. Like, you get that in the books. Rogue One had that as well. So it's definitely there, and it's going to exist in the future. But there's always going to be these younger things now. And I think that was a big problem with Rebels, too, is that people didn't realize, because the Clone Wars kind of had a slightly... It it went... It aged with its audience somewhat, more than Rebels did. Um, And so, like, even though the first season is quite childish, it gets mature relatively quickly yes rebels doesn't do that because it was aimed at a younger audience to begin with so it stays relatively young until like its final season i'm assuming because the first episode seemed a bit more mature but even with rebels yeah like there are people like i why can't i enjoy all of star wars like why can't it all be for me and it's like that's not it's not how star wars works it's for everyone in the way that there's a piece for everybody but not everything is for everyone and i mean i agree with that guy's point of view but I also think that that won't stop the people who are already arguing about it. And, and I think you're right to an extent. And I, I, I but I don't know. I, I think that there, I, I guess people always complain. Like they're not going to satisfy everyone. And I don't think that's possible. Yeah. But I think that like there, there should be some more stuff out there, you know, for stars in general. And to be honest, like, Rebels is ending. Hope we will get something, you know. But I mean, TV series. Oh, I'm will... sure we will. Yeah, well, I right. think that's why that animation rearranging is going on in Lucasfilm because I imagine they are going to be working on other shows. Right. Yeah, well, there have no. been rumors of like Dave Filoni working on a new show for ages. So, I mean, 
who knows what's going to happen with that and like who that's going to be targeted at as well. I mean, but I gotta say that the phrase Game of Thrones Star Wars sends oh. a horrible shudder through my entire yeah. form. But um, I think that there's something to be said for Forces of Destiny is a pilot program for exactly. other YouTube shows or other short form shows. This is just the beginning. And I think we'll see a lot of interesting things going forward, both in terms of female characters and different types of animation. Yeah. Well, these, and I think I one... we see more about female characters. Yeah. And I think these are really cute. And, like, I kind of want to show my nephew, even though he's all like, ugh, girls are gross. Like, he might enjoy these because he, he's kind of the right age for it. So I might show them to him, see what he thinks um, from a young child's point of view because I don't really have any young girls around that I can ask. Uh, but I think one thing that really helped me with Star Wars was, like, I kind of used to have the view that, like, I, I need to enjoy all Star Wars, like, because it's Star Wars. And then, like, I would read all the comics and stuff, and I was realizing that I wasn't getting much out of the comics. So I just kind of stopped reading the comics unless I'm told they're really good by someone. And I've been enjoying Star Wars a lot more since then because I realized that I don't have to like everything, and I don't have to read every book if I'm not enjoying it. Um, and I think that's kind of an important thing to realize when you're in a fandom that has such a big 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 content like sphere and so much different stuff that comes out that you can pick and choose what you want to engage with and that's that's okay as a fan you're allowed to do that yeah and everything's gonna be you know geared at you and you don't have to like everything and you don't have to buy everything you know and but i think also if you you know if you're voicing your opinions do it but do it respectfully too i mean like i don't think that's what kind of bums me out right now is when people voice their opinions it's like it's always you know it's not it's it should never be an us versus them it's like people can have opinions and, and disagree do you think i agree with you know Saf and megan and everything no but i mean we us... disagree all the time yeah <laughs> but you know what though like that's what but that's fine like there's nothing wrong with that you, i still respect and, and care about Saf and and megan and like and all my friends like uh you know we're my best friends we, we like we disagree on like we either like agree completely on stuff or we like we're so far away on things and like it's ridiculous. We'll argue for like for hours about the stupidest stuff. And it, that's what makes us, I think, unique as people. It's just a bummer. I think in Star Wars, people get offended if like, you know, you don't love something or if you disagree with it. And and maybe and again, the problem is, I think it's like it's we get on these uh, on our screens and we don't hear tone. We assume things yeah. and it just gets nasty. And like, I don't think it's it's just what and there's always a bad apple that spoils a bunch. And it's disappointing, and that's what I just – it's like, you know, I see myself doing it too. I'm not innocent in this either. Like I I, file, I find myself in, in this in similar spot of going down like saying negative stuff, and I'm like, you know – and again, negative stuff is fine, but like being condescending sometimes. And I'm like, you know what? I got to stop that. And that's the thing. I was like, people just need to relax, disagree, but don't like take it the wrong way. Let people like disagree, not like stuff. It's cool. Like – you know, it's like I don't know. It's I understand like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that needs <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that needs to be said like and and pushing for more representation and then I want to keep that up, you know. So let's keep it up and and keep it going. But like don't don't be rude about it to everyone else too. It's like it goes both ways for everybody. So I don't know. It's just... yeah. Well, in terms of like that going both ways, we say so often. Like we as a community say that Star Wars is for everyone, exactly. which also means that every single part of Star Wars may not appeal to every single individual person. And like so that that goes both ways. If 
you know, it's going to appeal to a wide audience. You're not always going to be, you know, right. you, the general you is not always going to be part of that audience. And to me, Forces of Destiny was like, I mean, to me, I was really excited about something that's going to showcase the female characters. I wish that these episodes were longer. I wish that this was more high profile. But even with all of that, I wouldn't say this is my favorite Star Wars show ever. Like, it was nice, but it wasn't my favorite. But I yeah. think hopefully it will pave the way for something else and then we'll be able to have even more variety i, I think if anything... you know how i said that we that we have character arcs over these things we also have moral lessons apparently <laughs> well that's good I mean, oh yes I mean, yeah this yeah. episode we really that's covered good. a lot <laughs> that's good because i think it's important because i think like it's just i've seen a lot of it on online lately and it's just a bummer it's just like you know like i want Things like this should be fun. And like I said, like, you don't, and again, like, I, I don't, I don't mind, like, I myself, like, the Thrawn announcement recently, like, I was telling Saf before the recording, like, I mean, it kind of pertains to the show a little bit, but, like, the Thrawn adaptation, comic book adaptation, was not a fan of that, and I, you know, went on its, I tirade about it. Like, you know, I don't see a problem in that, because I wasn't insulting, like, anyone personally, I just was, like, disagreeing with the idea behind it, but, like, you know, just don't, I don't want to get involved in like attacking people and accusing people of being something, you know, because they, I, they disagree with me or saying like, this is, you know, you're wrong for, you know, this is wrong because, you know, whatever, you know, I don't know. Like it's, it yeah. just, it, it feels... less, less comments on like tweets about things where they just straight up want to disagree with you and fight with you would be very nice. And I would appreciate that on it, Twitter it, it, because I mean, yeah. whenever I bring up like rebels or whatever, like somebody has to jump on it and be like, no, you're wrong. And I'm like, please just go away. Well, but, <laughs> like yeah. I appreciate healthy debate, but whenever they like this, this fandom, like in real life, like a celebration, everyone is so lovely and so, mm -hmm. so loving and accepting. And like, you can just argue with people all day and it's great fun when it gets online. Tone can get lost Absolutely. straight away. I think that's one of the biggest, like you mentioned that, Paul, I think it's one of the biggest problems that this fandom has right now is that it, it's a stressful time of the year and also it's just very easy to misconstrue what somebody's saying online and it's very easy to jump in and argue with someone online when you don't have their face or their voice mm -hmm. and I think that's been happening recently, or at least I've been noticing it more recently and I'm kind of right. like, mm -hmm. we need to all enjoy what we want to enjoy and accept that and also <laughs> accept that people are going to complain about things we like because yeah, right. and, yeah it's going to happen. I think that's part of the key that it is we're here to have fun and that doesn't mean that we shouldn't critique things, but it does mean like be nice and like know when to stop. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and, and um, I think what's, so, what's, what's really fast and, and, and my little a piece about this is, you know, Star Wars, like when you're on social media, like, you know, and, and having something as popular and as, and as, as wide ranging as Star Wars, like, you know, you put something out there, people are going to comment. And I, and I, I, I don't expect, uh, people not to say things when you say something that's disagreeable, you know? So, but that's the thing, like Seth said, then I think Star Wars fans, I, I, you know, at Celebration, everyone's super cool with each other. And, it, and it's like, I just want to keep that up, you know? Let's, let's, let's all, I mean, I hate to say it, but let's all hug. Let's hug it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's so, hug it out. I'm yeah. keen. Yes, exactly. Sorry, Megan. I, sorry, Megan. All right. Continue. Well, no, I mean, on that wonderful uh, moral lesson. I think <laughs> I need to go to sleep because it's pretty late over here. Yes, <laughs> so, go to sleep. Um, I think that's going to be our episode for this week. I'm glad we talked about a, a wide range of things. And so I'll talk to you guys um, next 
next episode next month we will probably go over inferno squad at that point but we're not quite sure what we're gonna do yet um so um you can find me at blog full of words on twitter and um also on den of geek and uh thanks to den of geek for hosting us um paul where can people find you People can find me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's. Also, check out our Twitter, uh, Blaster Cannon at Blaster Cannon Pod. Um, I and Megan and I know Saf. I need to give you the the, the login so you can type in there eventually. You too. do. I keep forget. <laughs> I keep forgetting because I I gave it to Megan over the summer. And I totally or over a couple months ago, and I totally forgot. Oh, well, then too. I can probably give it to Saf too at some point <laughs> when I take it. Up. Yeah. Yeah. So so people so and I so people probably know I, I'm in the primary one. Megan's done a few things here and there. So but yeah, we're we're we've been doing that a lot more. I've been posting pictures and, and of the covers of different books and stuff like that. This kind of gets it's getting a feel for like I love cover art it's one of my favorite things so I just like to hear people's opinions on it so yeah uh, check us out there and Saf where can people find you you can find me on Twitter at Wanderlustin W-A-N-D-E-R-L-U-S-T-I-N you can also find me on my site notsafwork.com and on toshystation.net where I also do some podcasts with Megan as well Yes, we host Western Reaches as well on Tashi Station. Great. Um, Well, thanks, guys, and I will see you next time. Bye. 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 Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.